Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is the very beginning of season five of Art for Your Ear. If you're keeping track, I certainly am, this is episode 182. Whew, that is a lot of Art for Your Ear. So for those of you who've been listening to this podcast for the past few years, you may have noticed a, I took a slightly longer break than I said I would. I always take July and August off to recharge, but this year I needed a little longer than expected. I had major abdominal surgery at the beginning of June, and being the type A nerd that I am, I just assumed I'd need a few weeks to get back to myself. Well, I just passed the four-month mark, and I'm still not quite there, but so close, so close. Anyway, I finally have enough energy to bring the podcast back. In other words, I have stopped having three-hour naps every afternoon. All right, so where did we leave off? Uh, Yes, in early June, we were in the middle of a global pandemic. We weren't leaving our houses. Black Lives Matter protests filled the streets, and general political unrest was in the air. Hmm, well, would you look at that? Months later, and we are still in the same spot. This year has been the weirdest, most anxiety-inducing year ever. I hope that you are doing okay. I have definitely had some major ups and downs. I'm so, so grateful that my family is healthy, but totally and completely overwhelmed by everything else. I've tried to use my worries as fuel in the studio, and on some level, it's been working, My surgery was a catalyst for a lot of that. When I got home from the hospital, not only were we not leaving our house because of COVID, I also felt trapped in a body that wasn't able to get off the couch by itself. I had to be helped in and out of the shower, standing for more than five minutes hurt like hell, and I wasn't even able to pick up my dog. And he's a miniature wiener dog. All of this to say, I was super frustrated. And then the sadness kicked in. My surgery involved removing my very broken uterus, several large fibroids, and a whole bunch of scar tissue. Too much information? Yep, sorry. (laughs) I knew that there was going to be pain, of course, because the incision is about 10 inches or so across my belly, hence still working on the whole healing things months later. But what I didn't expect was the unbelievable sense of emptiness literally and figuratively. One of my major organs was just gone. The organ that was responsible for housing my baby for nine months was now in a medical waste bin. Weird. And speaking of babies, I was not planning on having any more, but now I really, really can't. Also weird. So this is where the art part comes in. Once I was able to get off the couch by myself, I decided to harness all of these feelings into a new series. It was an evolution of the tumors into treasures pieces that I was doing while I was waiting for this surgery, and I talked about a little bit um, in the last season. But these new pieces are bigger and crazier and involve filling large empty spaces with beautiful found objects. Stuff like old ceramics, costume jewelry, hairpins, pennies, fake flowers, basically anything you might find on your grandmother's nightstand and or her jewelry box. Seriously, this, this 
Not the Advil or the Tylenol 3, but this has been my medicine. I am currently covered in paint and I am having so much fun. I have no idea where this work is going and hopefully I will show it somewhere someday. But its sole purpose is to help me work through all of this junk so that I can come out on the other side. And I'm happy to report it's kind of working. That is the thing about us artists. This is our superpower. We can turn anything into art, even the crappy stuff. Okay, what else? Oh, my very first kids book came out in September. Dream come true? Yep. My mom just reminded me that I wrote my very first storybook when I was seven under a bush in our front yard. <laughs> Well, 40 years later, and I can officially say I wrote and illustrated a kid's book. It is called How to, How to Spot an Artist. This might get messy. Uh, of course, I had a huge book tour planned, which is obviously on hold. Hopefully not forever, but who knows. Anyway, I think my favorite part of this whole releasing a kid's book thing has been hearing the reviews roll in. Not from magazines or newspapers or blogs or anything, but from art kids. So far, the age range of these art kids um, is about 3 to 76 or so. <laughs> so, so awesome. I read the book last week or the week before on my IGTV channel, so if you want to go watch it, be sure to get yourself some milk and cookies first so that it truly feels like story time. Okay, so let's get to my amazing guest. I reached out to Ronald Jackson years ago. I had his interview all lined up um, sort of near the end of 2018 and then my dad died suddenly. So I put the podcast on hold for close to a year. Then when I finally brought it back, I decided to change the format a bit, only talking to a group of regular quote-unquote experts, in other words people that I knew really really well because grief is weird and I could not handle calling people that I didn't know. My plan after that was to have Ronald on as the first guest in early September 2020, but <laughs> I was still way too fatigued from surgery. See, I told you, this conversation has truly been years in the making. Anyway, after all of these stops and starts, he is finally on the podcast. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago, and I had to do everything in my power not to post it the second we hung up. His story is so inspiring, and his work is incredibly powerful. So, it's already been two years, so let's not waste another minute. Here is my conversation with American artist Ronald Jackson. Hi, Ronald. Welcome to Art for Your Ear, finally. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, I, you know, I think I reached out to you two years ago. Yeah, because yeah. I was gonna have you on and uh, that was right before my dad passed away and I put the podcast on hold for ages and um, anyway here we are almost two years later so happy to finally have you on and um, I can ask you all my questions yeah yeah again it's it's my pleasure and and I've I've been waiting for you to come back because <laughs> I occasionally check in to see what's going on with the Jealous Curator. <laughs> well, I'm here. I've been quite spotty over the last couple of years, but uh, um, trying to trying to be here now. Uh, the Between um, 
my dad and then surgery and COVID and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, looking for normalcy. So we'll, we'll try the podcast. Um, So what I always do is I start at the beginning. So I, I want to know what you were like as a kid and where you grew up and if you were making art or chasing frogs or both. Yeah, maybe, maybe both. Um, You know, I, I grew up in, in the Arkansas Delta, it's it's uh, in in the the southeastern part of Arkansas. You know, just just off the Mississippi River, um, and I grew up on a farm. My my father was was uh, a farmer. Uh, he farmed with his his brother, and and I came along uh, during the time when he was. Retired. I'm I'm the youngest of eleven kids, and wow. my oldest my oldest uh, sibling is 25 years my senior. So <laughs> so uh, I I have a different experience than than most people, um, and and as far as growing up as a kid, um, I did I did art or I would say I mostly just sketched and and drew. I didn't have any any access to anything other than than uh, pencil and paper, but mm-hmm. being uh, being raised on on a farm, I did do a lot of the the things like um, uh, uh, exploring with with insects, frogs, and and we had had cows, we we had pigs, and 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 we had a lake in in our um, in the back of our property so there were a lot of adventures for me as a kid wow do you have was what was the gap between you and the sibling above you wow that's that's a, a, a interesting thing to to bring up between uh, me which i'm the 11th the number 10 was a whopping seven years wow so so i i, I was you're not expected to happen, really, uh, at least <laughs> by most people in the community. <laughs> a happy surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, in a way, you're kind of an only child because you're kind of yeah. entertaining yourself. Like, they're two, they're two different, they're, they're into different things by the time you're doing stuff. Well, well, ever since, you know, from fifth grade on, I was the only kid in the house. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And so by that point, see, because I'm the oldest of three, and even with three, like my brother's the youngest, my parents weren't even paying attention with him. Like with me, it was like I had all the rules and all the curfews. But by the time they got to him, it was just like, whatever. So what was, were you just, were you kind of free to roam and do your thing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. You know, my, my older siblings, uh, um, let me know quite often that that I didn't experience the real life of growing up on the farm. I bet. You know, and and having to to work with my father in the fields and 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 working on tractors and, and things like that. I got the opportunity to play with uh, around with my uncle. My father had retired for health reasons, but my uncle was still farming when I was young and. And I went to the field and and played around with 
with driving three wheelers and 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 uh, tractors just for fun, really. Right. So, yeah, it was a quite different experience. For me. Yeah, I guess so. My husband and his brother are twelve years apart. There's only two of them. Wow. And uh, my husband's the younger. He swears he wasn't an accident, but like, come on. <laughs> Who has a 12-year-old and then has another baby? Nobody. Um, well, you're a mom. But, um, and so, yeah, he had kind of a similar, similar experience. Okay, so you're drawing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I know, because I've read all the stuff, that you did not go to art school. What did you do when you graduated high school? Well, I graduated high school. I, I, of course, I have had a older s- sister uh, living in California, and 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 of course, she she would be sort of like a, a an aunt to me. You know, yeah. I never grew up in the house with her. You know, uh, she, she would be uh, a sister that that I remember coming home, and and she. She had a a, uh, a special place in her heart for me, and and she um, had me move to California with her after high school, and and from there I started college, and and um, you know that that was leaving the the um, the small uh, uh, rural life of, of Arkansas moving to, to California was a, a, a big change and experience for me. Did you like it? Like, was it a good shock or a bad shock? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was, it was uh, great. You know, uh, my, my eyes was wide open, just taking in everything. Um, and of course, I was extremely naive about uh, a lot of things and probably still is. <laughs> you know, but but um, yeah, there there were a number of things that that um, I was just having a continual uh, eye-opening experience of 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 different aspects of of life that that I hadn't known about. Yeah, and I, I think I may get to some of those things in in our discussion. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, I know you went to school for architecture, right? right? Right. And so what, like, did you, is that what you thought you were going to be? Or were you not sure what to take, but you like drawing? Or how did you decide on architecture? Uh, I would say yes to all of that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I figured that that was something that, that I could um, utilize some of my creative uh, um, you know, creative, what, what would I say, gifts or, or abilities. And, mm-hmm. and I come to find out that there were probably more technical aspects uh, of, of the, those studies than the creative part. Uh, and to be honest, I never really got into the creative aspects of, of the program um, uh, it was a lot of technical, technical uh, uh, things that that I wasn't aware about, and but I, I was still interested in it, and and um, but but really I I was 19 and and I didn't didn't know what I wanted to be. I, I'd never seen an architect before, or or 
you know, really knew much, much about it before I entered the program. Mm -hmm. That's so common for every kid going off to college, you know, it's so, it's so, I'm from a really small town too. And, you know, you're kind of like, uh, what do I want to be? And when you haven't seen examples of all the things, it's really hard to know until you get there and realize, oh, this isn't it. Right. (laughs) I I had some idea that, that um, there would be a, I would, I would have more success pursuing architecture over trying to become an artist. And, and I had even less exposure to, to um, a working or living artist. That, right. that was something that, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up in, in the inner city or in the York scene. And, and I'd never even seen a, a, a graffiti artist or the work of a graffiti artist. So I was far removed from the possibilities of being an artist. So what so, about when you got to California? Yeah, my, my eyes was um, uh, widely open. Yeah. During the program, and, and of course I, I didn't finish the, the program. I, I um, chose to, to pursue a, a, another, another direction. But when I was in the program, I had the opportunity to, to go and interview uh, a, a few major architectural firms and architects uh, as, as a uh, part of some of our assignments. And um, I interviewed this, this architect that was doing a major project for uh, a major home project for, I forget the rock star. I don't know if it was Bon Jovi or, or some, some big time rock, rock star like that. And I got to see his 3D model, um, which had uh, several car garage, um, tennis courts. And it was pretty, pretty wild and interesting. And then also um, interviewed um, and got familiar with the idea of landscape architecture with another firm. And, and I was in the Laguna Beach area. Laguna Niguel uh, is, is where, where I was staying with my sister. That's, that's a nice spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big difference from, from, from uh, Arkansas. Yeah, no kidding. And so, um, okay, well, I, I think I know what your next path was. What is that? Did you join the army? Wow. Wow. You're, you're good. I'm good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I joined the army because, you know, I, I just didn't have an idea of what I I really wanted to do. And I came across someone that, that was in the military and, and it seemed like, man, they, they were on an adventure, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, this would, this would be cool. So I ended up joining the the military, wow. and and it I I didn't have any plans of of making it a career, but it eventually turned into that. Yeah, how long were you in? Uh, I was in for twenty one years, four months, and seven days. 
Oh my word. Yeah. Okay. Well, while oh my word. So where where were you? Were you like all over the world, or did you get the adventure that you wanted? Yeah, yeah. the the venture The adventure was was substantial. It was amazing. Um, um, I started my my military career. Of course, I I was uh, went through several months of training uh, uh, here in the U.S. But my first assignment was in South Korea. It was there for a year. Um, my uh, my second assignment was at the Pentagon. I was there for for three and a half years. Yeah. Um, from there to to Belgium in, in NATO. I was there for four years, came back to Pennsylvania, um, uh, working at a remote site in, in a mountain. And, and from there, went back to Germany for four years to did two, two tours in Iraq. And oh um, then back here to the Washington, D.C. area, where I finished up my career. Oh, oh! I I did do one more tour in South Korea um, during that wow. time. Wow! Oh my gosh! And where are you now? Now I can't even keep track. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in in Virginia, in okay. Northern Virginia, you know, somewhere between D.C. and and Richmond, uh, called Fredericksburg, a little, okay. little small commuter's town. Oh my word. Can I quickly, this is just a personal aside. What years were you in Belgium? I was in Belgium from 96 to 2000. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my dad, I'm Canadian. My dad was working for the Canadian embassy in Brussels. Ah, okay. Like right around then. Okay, I, I was in, in Mons, M O S. Okay, oh, that's yeah. so funny. Um, okay, so that is crazy. So, in that yeah. time, though, you started painting. Um, actually, I had my introduction to painting when, when I was in, in school in, in California. Okay. I took, took one painting class, uh, it was an old painting class, and and uh, I, I guess I, I thought I was more advanced than than I I, um, I figured. I chose to take an in, uh, intermediate oil painting class, and and I I it was a good class. It, it um, actually my my first art class that I, I took my first and the last one, the only class I've taken, and. It was, um, uh, I keep saying eye-opening, but it introduced me to, to painting, and that is something that, that stayed with me ever since that class, is that I want to someday pursue painting, you know, and, and oh I continue God. to, to um, draw and sketch after that. But, but one, one quick story regarding my experience in, in school is, is that I was, I was, um, uh, I had this painting class once a week and I went to the class, um, you know, it was on a Wednesday or Thursday, it doesn't matter, but the class before my painting class 
was a a life drawing uh, class. Mm-hmm. Um, life drawing is not just drawing, but painting as as well. But the the main point is is they had they had uh, uh, nude models, you know, in the middle of the class, you know, and I would come to class, and that class for some reason would always go past their time and and they would still be sketching painting with the new model in the middle of the class as the next class is coming in and i'm a 19 year old kid from you know naive from little uh, farm in, in arkansas i thought that oh my god what in the world is going on here <laughs> and and it was it was so so funny to me that not so so funny but but I thought like man California is amazing you know they, they do stuff like this and and I would each week I would try to leave my previous class uh, early so I can get there and, and see see what was going on and often I would I would show up only to find a a sixty-year-old uh, man, yep. you know, <laughs> butt naked. It's like, oh man, I'll I'll try it again next week. <laughs> oh my god, I did life drawing. It was always a sixty-year-old man. Yeah, yeah, always. Although I've told this story before. One time, we had this young guy, like he wasn't that much older than us, and just like ripped and like you know very nice to look at and uh-huh. so it's like you know you feel shy the same thing like you're 19 and you're like oh dear god okay so you're drawing and then a couple of days later I was at the university gym and he was on the treadmill beside me oh wow and I was like oh no, wow. no I've seen you naked but anyway and, and you, you were more more embarrassed than he was oh yeah yeah <laughs> did you phone home and tell your tell your parents about this cool class of course not <laughs> I, I told my friends. I, I I didn't tell my my parents or yeah, because oh I, I thought that was taboo. You know, you you don't you don't talk about that or or tell anything. That was a secret. <laughs> oh like, my god! Good old art school in California. You gotta love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't sign up for the class. Yeah, no, I I was I was really that was just just um, a perk. Um, yeah, just a perk. You know, I, I really wasn't focused in in the art that much. You know, I had other other uh, classes to pursue. What What were you painting in the oil painting class? Did um, you paint whatever you wanted, or were they sort of teaching you how to paint? Or no, they they were not teaching us how to paint. They it, it was mainly a um, a critique. Uh, the 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 professor. Uh, would would give us an assignment, and and uh, we would paint it. I guess he assumed we had some fundamentals of painting, and as we were painting, he would critique us as we were painting, and then do a critique after we Ooh. painted. And he would, he would often take take his paintbrush and just just go over what we were painting and and. I was like, what are you doing? You know, this is not your painting, but but yeah, it it was mainly 
I, I really honestly don't remember what I got out of the class other than the experience of painting. Right. And you knew you liked that part. Yeah. yeah as long absolutely. as nobody comes and paints over top of it while you're painting. Right. Right. <laughs> nobody likes that. Who would like that? Right. Um, Lisa Golightly is a painter from Portland and she was telling a story about being in university and um, the, the prof would come and after your critique, so your painting would be up on the wall, after they were done critiquing, he would take it off the wall and throw it in a pile on the floor and yell bonfire. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, art school. Yeah. Um, okay, so so you knew you liked painting. Now you're in the army, you're in South Korea, you're in all these places. Did you keep a sketchbook with you? No, that's that's not something that wasn't a practice uh, that that I did. You know, I I would sketch and draw just just out of personal uh, uh, entertainment, uh, amuse myself with with doodling or sketching. But I never took it serious enough to to um, to even buy a sketchbook. Most of my wow. sketchbooks were on loose paper and would end up in a drawer. Um, and and um, yeah, I, I didn't take it serious at, at all until a certain point in my military career. I had a, a what I would call a, a epiphany a, about my art. Oh, I love epiphanies, go. <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, well, it it was you know I was ten years in uh, in the military and and I was I had decided to leave the military and get out and and it was a a, a time that was um, when right after um, or right before nine eleven oh. um, and. And I was I was getting out of the military during that during that time, and and I was um, searching and preparing myself for for a career or uh, a life outside of the military. And I was doing the job search, and 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 my my occupation in the military was was in IT. Okay. So I had a, a pretty marketable skill but the timing wasn't wasn't great and and during that time I, I just had this this uh, epiphany that w while I'm pursuing my my uh, new life outside of the military I should be pursuing my art mm -hmm. and and I, I had this 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 overwhelming uh, sense of if I did um, say pursue the the IT industry, that when it's all said and done, I, I would have failed at becoming who I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. Because over over the the entire time that I was in the military, um, people would come across my my drawings or, or sketches or whatever, they they would try to get me to do something for them and I didn't see any value in in you know 
doing a commission piece or or taking my art beyond just amusing myself. Right. I didn't see the value in it and wasn't interested, but I had this 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 adjustment in my um, in my approach to art is that you know what this is something that that I should take serious and and actually pursue it and and in 2001 I started on a quest to to um, become a full-time artist after my uh, military career wow yeah and then 9-11 happened. Right. I, I, I eventually, I, I did get out of the military for just under a year, and I, I got back in the military because of the, 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 the situation. You know, there, there was very little hiring during that time. Mm-hmm. And I decided to get back in, and I, I told myself that, okay, I'm going to do 10 more years. And, and at the end of this 10 years, I I would be at a better place to to walk away from the military and pursue being an artist. And I had I had a lot of developing to to undergo and and realize that I was going to have to pursue it in the role of of being a, a self-taught artist that I wasn't going to have the opportunity to to go to art school while I was in the military. So I used that time, the, those 10 years, to just apply myself the best that I could and and to try to prepare myself for the opportunity, you know, post-military. Wow. So what did you do? What was your plan? Well, well, one of the things that I did was I tried to learn as much as I could about about um, the, I don't know if art industry is the right word, but, mm-hmm. but uh, the art world. I I started uh, subscribing to to various art publications, and I had several art publications coming in every month. You know, from from initially it started as like uh, the artist magazines, magazines that that gave you how-to and tips of, of, of different methods of, of creating art. And I eventually moved to uh, focusing more on, on uh, publications like American Art Collector, mm-hmm. uh, um, Art News. I eventually moved from there into things like Art News and, and um, uh, Different things that that gave me an insight into what was happening in the the art world as as pertains to uh, a different artists, uh, different uh, museums and, and galleries, and and I start start just kind of um, getting a, a an understanding or insight into that world because I I was. Um, creating and, and trying to develop myself as an artist um, in a bubble outside of, of that, that world. Mm-hmm. That's so smart that like, it is like when people say self-taught, like that's truly giving yourself the education, right? Like getting the materials, 
learning, right. letting the path lead you, you know, so that you start with one kind of magazine and let it take you to another area. And so would you, was there certain artworks that you'd see that would get you super excited and kind of make, you know, started um, honing in on more what you wanted to do? Um, I, you know, I was, um, um, I wasn't sure of what specifically I was most interested in. I was interested in, in so much, so much stuff. Um, um, uh, of course, I was more drawn to representational type of work, but I was enamored anytime I came across amazing uh, uh, abstract work or, or I was just, just uh, moved by it all. And, and only to, until the later part of, you know, this, this development stage, which I would say was over 10 years that I start to, to refine what, what um, areas that I was most interested in. And, and, and I'm, I'm really, really thankful and glad that there wasn't uh, Instagram um, up when, during that time when, when I was just behind the scenes, um, just trying to, to get better at, at my craft. Uh, because it, I went from 2001 to 2010, nine years before I even had my first public showing of my work. And, wow. and uh, the, the following year, 2011, I had my first uh, solo show at a small, small gallery uh, here in the town that, that I live in. And, and for there, I've had several. But, but that nine-year period of, of me just, just working uh, behind the scenes, not getting any recognition or, or accolades or, or validation, um, and and a lot of that time is is me working and um, um, even even downrange in in Iraq. You know, I I had had my my um, I, I guess then I, I did have a a a um, art book or, or journal uh, uh, sketchbook and and I was. Um, doing some painting, but I was working even, even in our, in Iraq, wow. you know, um, trying to prepare myself, um, for, for the opportunity in the future. That's amazing. And what were you painting? Were, was it already portraits? Yeah, it, it was, it was, um, uh, people centric, uh, yeah. and, and really it was, uh, mostly, um, mostly portraits. Was it made up people or was it people that were around you? Uh, let's, let's see. How, how would I say it? Um, I would occasionally do some, some portraits of, of people around me, you know, people would ask, but I, I prefer the idea of, of using, using uh, uh, references of people and then taking that, uh, taking my own liberties to to right. accentuate or exaggerate uh, different features, and and a lot of times it would come out looking nothing like the the person that I'm using as a reference, and sometimes it does. But that's that's my uh, preferred way of of 
of tackling the, uh, a portrait is, is not being held hostage to a specific uh, likeness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I just love your work so much. And so when you came out, you're now out of the Army, you, mm-hmm. you're starting to have these shows. Were you working in IT still, or did you just try and sort of hit the ground running as an artist? Um, I was, I was working, I, I did five years after, after, um, um, after I retired from the army, I, I worked for five years with the federal government. And during that time I was, I was having, uh, a shows. I probably had, um, three solo shows, wow. um, uh, during, during that, that period. So I was really working um a lot uh at nighttime and weekends and 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 going to bed extremely late waking up early and being exhausted at work and and I, I realized that that I, I couldn't couldn't continue to do that you know uh too much longer and, and it brought me to to the point where I knew it was time to to uh, um, to take the dive and and just mm-hmm. just uh, resign from 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 my you know I, I work with federal government and and you you know being in in the the military I I held a, a top secret clearance for sixteen of my uh, twenty one years wow. and and even another five years as a as a, a civilian, and just having that that clearance alone, it, it it's it's something that is is uh, heavily uh, coveted uh, among uh, people in that world. You know, the right. different world, the military, the government, and it 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 allowed you a, a number of opportunities that that many people didn't have, and. I the the idea of me walking away from from what I was doing, you know, was was uh, concerning and, and puzzling to a lot of people, but but yeah, it it was meant to me meant to be. Yeah, obviously. Well, did you feel concerned, or were you ready to jump? I was ready. I was ready to to uh, to to go. Yeah, I was ready to, to take that that move. You know, and I, I had a feeling that 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 I, uh, I would be fine. Yeah. Hey, and it turned out great. What year was yeah. that that you that you quit then? Like twenty fifteen. Well, well, I I um, I retired from the military two thousand fourteen. Okay. And I I um, I resigned from from my government job. Uh, the end of 2018. Oh my gosh. And now it's just like you, every time I check Instagram, there's some, another crazy, amazing, like you've done it. (laughs) Do you feel like that? Well, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, I I look back, you know, back to 2001 when I had this idea that, that I wanted to, to, um, have a, a post-military career as an artist. And I the 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 one thing that that I I think 
helped me with with this pursuit and making it a, a rea- reality is that I realized that that I had a lot to learn. I had a lot of development that that I needed to 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 um, to make happen, you know, regarding my artwork. But I figured that the the biggest benefit I had was I was willing to give myself time to make mm-hmm. it happen. And and I, I often tell tell people that that uh, regardless of what you choose to do, you you can do practically anything that you are are um, you know anything that you're passionate about. You yeah. you can likely make it happen if you partner with time. Time is the is the agent or the partner that will help you get there. And and I knew that, you know, I had at least 10 years and and people within 10 years a, a person can leave high school and and become a doctor. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so so I figured, you know, 10 years of 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 devotion, of of hard work and and I should be able to at least come close to to what I hope to do, and and yeah, I I uh, it took actually it's taken me a little longer than, than ten years, so so I am um, still grateful and, and and thankful. That you know that is so great because there's such a especially like you know our culture is so like everything ha- is supposed to happen so fast and get rich quick and you know all these things and it's just like no everything takes time like I know when I started Jealous Curator my husband even said like I never started it thinking anybody would even read it it was really just for myself but um, you know my dream was that like to curate a show one day or you know these different things and my husband said I bet within two to five years it'll happen as long as you're consistent and you show up every day you know and uh, he was exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, that that's the message. If 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 you if you have the passion to stick with something, time will will reward you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have two things I want to ask you about that I also love. Okay. Scale. Wait, say that again. Scale the size of your okay. work um, and okay. the masks. So when some of your well, not all of your work is giant, but lots of it is. Hmm. Um. When you first started, um, were you working smaller and you've slowly worked your way up, or did you just jump right in on those giant canvases? I I was working uh, uh, smaller and and initially, and my larger scale works would would be um, maybe uh, thirty six by forty eight, something like that. That was initially what I was considering large and. And I was, I was um, slowly moving towards uh, narrative type works, which which I was most interested in of of different art that that I um, observe or or see that of of artists that that I'm interested in. I I was wanting to move more into to painting stories and, and, mm. and painting imagery that that would tell stories. And and what had happened was my, my gallery, I'm with a gallery out of Baltimore, uh, Gallery Mertice, 
and and they had offered me a a solo show um, and a solo show with a very short notice. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, let's see, a, about four to five months uh, okay. time for, for me to and and I had never you know been put on that pressure to to do to do that. And during the times I was I started painting these scenes of of, of full figure people in, in a scene and. And because of the time, I reverted back to just painting faces, oh. and and I that that was something that would be uh, easy for for me to do in in a short amount of time, and and because you know I, I had a lot of wall space to to uh, to account for or to cover for the show, so I decided that that I'm going to do these faces and not only am I going to do faces, I'm going to make them extremely large. And I, I've never painted uh, that scale. And, and at that time, the large scale um, uh, faces or portraits, as I refuse to call them, right. um, <laughs> were what 48 by 60. Those those were the the large scale at that time. I started off with a, a few faces, and because I am not really that interested, um, I don't find just painting a, a face alone uh, so interesting. I painted a few, and it's like, man, this is not doing very much for me. So I came up with the idea of of putting a mask on the face and and using the mask to to um, to intrigue me a little more with with what I was doing and and from there the 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 mask began to take on a a narrative with with uh, a a portrait like painting and and I was able to incorporate uh, more of a story and an idea with with a a portrait that's what exactly what i was going to say those masks instantly insert a story even right. more than like trying to read into the face and try and you know to figure out what their story might be the mask is instantly like okay what is happening here and so what what did the mask sort of become to you like what did it mean well, to you well well initially i i started painting painting a floral mask and placing them on a a uh, a black male figure, and the the floral mask started as as presenting a a um, a welcoming uh, welcoming imagery uh, when when uh, looking at at a black face, and and I was I was playing with the the idea of of how how black males are 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 seen. In society, and suggesting that that uh, the the black male face can can be inviting and, and non-threatening, that was the initial idea, and it and it's kind of uh, 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 kind of evolved uh, maybe a little more since then. But one of the things that that I found that the mask does is that it causes 
the viewer to stop, to look, to, to speculate a little longer. It's, it, it causes them to stand before the image a little longer than they normally would if it was just a person there without a mask. Mm-hmm. And, and one, one, thing that, um, one thing that portraits do is that they answer, they, they normally answer a question that most people have. And that question is, who is the person? you know, that, that is being shown or that I'm looking at because people see a person, the first thought is, do I suppose to know who this person is? Or I would try mm-hmm. to identify who that person is. And, and if you put a person in an environment, the identity of that person becomes less important because the environment suggests that there's there's a greater narrative to, to the, the image. And with me adding a mask, it, it invites the idea that there is something to, to be discovered. There's, there's a story, there's some meaning that I'm not sure what it is. And, and I'm, I'm interested now in, in standing here a little longer trying to figure it out or inquiring about, okay, what is this about? If it was a person that just had, you know, a face and no mask, they would go through the processes of, is this someone I should know? Can I identify this person? It's a nice painting of a person, and then I move on. Right. Uh, that, that further, further uh, diving in uh, would not happen without. Uh, something um, um, enticing people's curiosity. Mm-hmm. The first mask you did, did you did it feel like an aha moment to you? No. No. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. It didn't. It it uh it just felt like it just felt like a a pretty cool concept. Yeah. You know, it, it was a cool concept and and after the show, I, I had a, 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 you know, a, a sold out show with, wow. with, the, with these works. And, and that was part of my um, affirmation to, to go ahead and, and leave the, the uh, resign from, from my nine to five job. Yeah. And I never, after that show, it was in the summer of, of 2018. I never expected to continue uh, making works with masks. Oh. I, I, was, I was thinking that I was going to go back to, to uh, working on these narrative uh, pieces with multiple figures and, and um, you know, works that essentially take uh, a lot more time and thought. And, and that's, that's what I was you know, getting ready to pursue. And I still have a, a number of these ideas and concepts and sketches in my sketchbook that that after two years I haven't been able to pursue because, you know, there there was a unexpected interest in the in the mask works and and I've initially 
I was kind of uh, annoyed by the by the interest and the success of, of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is this was something that I just did. I wasn't uh, expecting to continue it, but after just looking at the the how the mask could could introduce uh, a narrative and and I I could. I could um, address certain issues with this. I, I accepted, you know, that this is something that I can work with, and and I have have to say I've I've enjoyed um, exploring this this um, this idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're so they are so powerful, and I mean I'm sure you will, you know, as time, you know, your good friend time, you will. Um you'll evolve and go back to those narratives and find your, you know, who knows where you'll go. But, um, but right now, like, especially 2020 being the, you know, trash fire that it has been. um, I I mean, I loved your work two years ago when I saw it, but now do you feel like these black faces with masks is even more powerful now, given everything that's happening in the U S and well, all over the world with, um, you know, black lives matter. And does it feel more powerful? Yeah, I I think it does. um, Because of the the responses that that I get from people. um, It, it, um, it lets me know the, the, the impact and and the, the power that imagery can have, and 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 when people connect uh, to to whatever aspect of of the image or imagery, that that there's something about it that you know, even though I create it, you know, there's there's parts of of my creative process that that I'm not aware of the impact that, that it can have to, to, to people. And, mm-hmm. and it's just humbling to, to, to hear the responses from, from, from people. And, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's just inspiring to, to me. Yeah. Well, there's a lovely um, sentence on your about page that I wrote down that I love that says, um, I hope that my work can become a catalyst to trigger self-discovery of value, beauty, and significance among people who in some way may feel marginalized. Right. Like right. that gives me chills. I just love that so, so much. And I think that is where the power is. And, you know, yeah. I, I was doing research before our chat and um, your parents were really involved um, in all sorts of like civil rights things, weren't they? Right. Right. Yeah. On, on a behind, um, um, you know, in a not very publicized, you know, uh, part of, of the civil rights era, you know, there was a couple of years of, of really active activism, um, you know, and and usually when, when people hear activism, you know, a lot of times there's a picture of more of a, a militant type of uh, uh, action, but mm-hmm. that was completely opposite of, of my parents um, uh, involved with with trying to trying to get um, educational uh, equalities, you know, for for the for the 
black communities, you know, where I grew up, because during the time, um, kids were uh, black. There, there were separate separate school systems. The, the, the um, white school system, black school system, all both under the the same under the same school system, but they were they were separate, and mm-hmm. and they they met um, um, endless um, retaliations, you know, from their efforts of of trying to to move the schools towards integration, which during that time, the the schools were supposed to have a plan for integrating the schools. You know, it was no longer uh, legal to continue to uh, um, have separate school systems. So my my parents were instrumental in enforcing the the school system to move a lot faster than they wanted to, and that resulted in a lot of lot of uh, organized uh, retaliations. Uh, um, some very violent and, and intimidating and, and just a, a uh, unimaginable uh, account or, or stories that, that um, I only learned as I got older. Right. You know, I had heard bits and pieces, but, but until my father passed in 2001 was the first time I, I start to, to get a full story from from different uh, state officials and, and attorneys and lawyers and, and things that people that, who were involved in the 60s came and began to recount a number of things that happened during that time shortly before I was born in the late 60s. Wow. How yeah. amazing to have that as part of your, you know, your family story. And um, yeah. has your mom passed or is your mom still? Yeah, my, my mother just passed last year, uh, oh, I'm sorry. October the 1st, and she was 95 years old. Wow. And, and to be honest, I, I, I consider it a blessing because she, she missed the, the, uh, uh, the pandemic. Yeah. You know, she, she was born um, right after the, 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 the flu. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah. The 1918. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 23, she missed that, and she, she, um, you know, um, missed this this pandemic here that could have been, um, could have been really bad for her. So yes. So, yeah. yeah. She lived a a, uh, a great great life. Yeah. Yeah. How many grandchildren did she have? Oh man, how many grands and how many great grands? <laughs> that, that is something that I haven't kept up with. I I couldn't. I couldn't. I can't even imagine eleven kids times whatever. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I just I think I think what you're doing. Um, what what did your mom think of your art? She she was you know she was always a a big supporter even when when I was uh, a kid just drawing she would make a a big deal of of my work um when when i was a kid and and i would just 
draw on blank paper and and you could find it in in any of the drawers or, or around the house and and uh, as I started you know painting more seriously um, she would she would just be um, uh, amazed at every little success that that I would have yeah oh that is so so great um well, speaking of success, I also just saw on your Instagram about the news about the Crystal Bridges Museum acquiring right. one of your pieces. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, yeah that that was a a um, that was a great accomplishment for me just to be included in the show. Um, uh, Crystal Bridges, uh, one of the curators, did a studio visit here uh, at my uh, studio. I have a home studio, and and I was included in the, the uh, State of the Art 2020 show, which included uh, about 60 artists um, and 100, like 100 works. I had two large pieces in the exhibit, and one of them was acquired. But the, 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 uh, uh, the big deal about that for me is, is that, of course, Crystal Bridges is... is um, in my home state. Yeah. And, and I had never shown any of my work in a gallery or museum there. And, and I had uh, sought and and had interest of, of bringing my work to Arkansas and to have my work, my debut uh, showing in Arkansas at Crystal Bridges Museum was, was, um, um, was amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine like, I mean, I guess you could because this was your plan, but if you had told that IT guy, you know, <sighs> way back when, like in, you know, to the, the beginning of 2001, that this would all be happening, would you have believed it? Well, well, you, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm still um, every day, um, you know, humbled or, or, still trying to come to grips, you know, that, that <laughs> people are, are taking such interest in, in, in what I'm doing. You know, I, I realize that, that I'm not the best painter in the world. I'm, I'm not the, the best draftsman or, or figurative artist or, or, or whatever. You know, it's, it's just um, a, a personal concept. Uh, uh, and and I, I, I just feel that grateful that the the, the years of, of my personal preparation is 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 being recognized you know mm -hmm. that that's just something that I I am extremely grateful for mm -hmm. if, if I could add one thing uh, regarding my mask works yeah they they are they they are a personal effort to 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 su suggest that we view humanity in all people. That's that's the the that is the the underlayment or the structure or the 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 core of of what I am trying to pursue and in particularly including um, um, black and brown figures as people that are equally. Uh, uh, do to be seen with uh, a, 
an equal level of humanity. One, one of the things that, that I would do as a practice when I was in Iraq, uh, I would get a, uh, a newspaper, the, the Stars and Stripes, and in the newspaper, it would have, every day it would have uh, a list of individuals that had fallen uh, in, in combat, you know, from, from fallen casualty. Uh, from one reason or the other, and it, it was like a obituary, but but it had pictures of the individuals and a little short write-up about each person. And I would make it a practice uh, just to keep myself grounded, uh, realizing that that we were in a hostile environment. I would go to that page and look at each person, um, mm. and and read about them and I would speculate their value that that they had and what they meant to their family, the, the loss that their loved ones had had um, had had to deal with. And and I would see some of those those people in those pictures that had, had lost their lives and and I would imagine it's like, you know, this person looks like a person that that we could have been friends. I, I can see this person as as a person that I could have, you know, played basketball with or, or mm-hmm. something. I, I began to imagine and to give those individuals uh, uh, humanity and value the life that they've lost. And and with these images that I'm making of people, um, and they are straightforward, almost like a um, passport photo. Um, in the same idea, hoping that people would just look at the the image of the portrait of the person and imagine their story, who they were, the the values that they had to 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 the the people that loved them, and just include them uh, uh, together as a part of of the world humanity that that they had value and worth. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> that is so, that is so beautiful and hard and yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, it's so easy to, um, like when my dad passed, um, we live in a little town that I'd grown up in, but they moved years and years ago. And then I moved back here. And so he hasn't lived here in a long time. And so when he passed, I said, mom, should I put up his picture at the, there's our post office has like a little wall of, you know, little pictures right. and like you can put up if you want to. And she said, well, yeah, because you know, a lot of his old friends there might not know. So sure. Put it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I did. And, um, now, same thing. I always, his is long down, you know, but I always stop and look at every poster that's up there right now and read yeah. the thing because when I put that up of my dad, I was sobbing. Like I hated wow. that his picture was up there. And so now instead of just seeing these as a bunch of these faces as I head into the post office, I always stop and read them all. Yeah. Yeah. Because some family is hurting, you know, and same with right. all the numbers rolling in with COVID. It's not just 208,000. It's like that, that's 208,000 people, families. Plus families. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we yeah. know what it feels like. You know what it feels like to lose somebody that you love. And it's like, you know, yeah, you have to really, I love that that is, is you know, the place where you're coming from and thinking yeah. about your work. I, I, I think it's a personal exercise in, in just deepening the, the humanity towards people when, yeah. when you can just, just give them, give them a, a, a certain purse of, uh, a certain uh, um, value and worth yeah. by stopping in and just speculation, speculating or imagining um, uh, their family's loss and, yeah. and, and who they were and, and even, even potentially the, the, the dreams and, and, and desires that the, the individuals themselves were unable to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And I love the thought of like, you know, I could have been friends with this person if I'd met them. Right. right. You know, and I think that that is what like we we operate in our little bubbles and, um, you know, we don't don't extend past our own realities. And I think putting ourselves in other people's shoes, um, I think that's what um, Black Lives Matter has meant, has been so powerful for like speaking as, you know, a white person in Canada you know I just thought um I talked to Kalita Rawls um before I I took a break from my surgery and I was Mm -hmm. you know basically saying like well I'm not racist and she's like well you probably are through no Mm -hmm. fault of your own you know like she's like it's systemic like that's the thing like you know you just make these assumptions and it is about digging deeper and and you know um seeing people not just the way the media portrays them or the movies or, you know, whatever, yeah. but like actually exactly what you said, like thinking about their stories, thinking about those things that maybe they haven't fulfilled or, you know, could you have been friends with them and all these things. I think every little step like that just makes the world a better place. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like what you said about the, about them looking straight forward, like a, um, a passport photo because um did you see that i posted that um video on that you that where you sanded the girl's right. eye good right. lord i thought when i saw that little arrow that it was a video i was like oh look he's just gonna go in we're gonna see him painting he's gonna do a little touch and then all of a sudden i was like <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i've yeah. never seen anybody sand a finished painting before yeah it well, me out, it, it, ronald it wasn't quite finished, you know. Um, oh my God! One um, of the things I I've sought to bring a um, um, certain variation to to these works because they're they're all looking straightforward. Um, I I did did that that off looking glance didn't like it, um, and I even after that I chose to do a piece where the the person was turned sideways you know oh. instead of and it came <clears throat> excuse me it came out really really well the, the painting was was done really well but i i scratched it it i i hmm. never never presented it because i found that it didn't have the same presence that the straightforward looking uh, pieces have, yeah. you know, uh, that's, that's one of the things that will 
immediately classify your works as a portrait is that you put a figure in the center of, of the crop it in the center of the cam canvas looking straight forward. You know, it's hard to, to uh, not call it a portrait. And, and as I tried to do that, I found that there is a, a, a power that I, I get with the figure just looking straight forward. And when I sought to change that, it lost that, that um, an element of, of that attraction or, or power. And I realized that hmm, there's something with the straightforward uh, gaze yep. that, that I wasn't aware of. So I've been continuing that, that um, yeah, that, that type of presentation. Mm -hmm. Well, so many people commented because I, I put that up, but then I also showed the, you know, the before, during and after, but how you did straighten out her gaze. And so many people were like, whoa, yes, like he was totally right, because now you, you connect to her right. she's looking at you and you have to look at her, you know. Well, well, there, yeah. there are a lot of changes that that always happen with my work. And, and I have this, this personal mantra for my, my creating process that I'm always reminding myself. And it goes by, goes like, um, um, my first great idea is never my best idea. Mm -hmm. And, and when, when I'm creating, I, I get excited over a concept, you know, that, that I'm ready to, to take toward to the canvas. And after, you know, um, spending time and, and fleshing it out, you know, there's that, that idea is usually uh, just a starting point. And, and I realized that, that I have to um, refine that, that idea, you know. So, so usually my, my work is, is always changing. Uh, I, I, I never start with a, a sketch or a concept and just just have it unchanged from the conception to the finish. You know, well, there's that's, something. that's a good recipe for getting blocked <laughs> because <laughs> you know it never were. It's you have to be flexible in that process and be okay with that. Right. Because if you go in with that one first great idea, it's just you're gonna end up. You know, you're only gonna hurt yourself in that process usually. Yeah, that's that's my experience. That yeah, it, me too. I'm working on a series right now too, where where same thing. I went in with an idea, and I've had to kind of let it evolve. And I I'm actually just picking paint off of my arms as we're talking because um I was down in the studio last night, knee deep in paint, and it's gone in a different way, and I love it. Yeah, and yeah, I think because I allowed myself that freedom. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, I've had you on here forever, but we have to quickly do the not so speedy speed round before I let you back to to go make art. So it's called I'm, the not, I like so speed. not so part of the speedy round. Pardon? I like the not so part of the speedy <laughs> round. It's because of me, because I can't just go to the next question. I always have like a oh, what about this? Okay, but I'll try my best. Okay, so number one, coffee or tea? Oh, coffee, most definitely. Oh, me too. I just started a. I started a detox today. First rule, no coffee. Yeah. I, I had I stupid tea this morning. I try teas constantly and, and I could just never stick with them. I, yeah. 
No, I love coffee. coffee. Okay, I'll see if I can get through the next 12 days. It's a 12 day thing. We'll see. Wish me luck. Um, what do you listen to while you paint? Do you have oh. music or TV or movies? I've, yeah. I've seen videos where you've got music playing. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on what stage uh, I'm painting. Some stages require a little more focus. And, and, and I, I would say I would like to paint... I like to paint to classical music. Um, um, I prefer Bach over Mozart or, or Beethoven. Uh, I like Bach. And, and uh, if I am incredibly focused, uh, I would rather have silence um, wow. if, if I'm, I'm working. But, but if I am just starting and, and it is playful or whatever, a playful energy. I like some music that is more groovy, that that I can dance and and uh, uh, pat my leg or snap my fingers, you know. And as I get a little more focused, I have to uh, change to just some some instrumentals that I can <laughs> kind of ignore, but it creates a presence, and then silence i love it there's phases yeah, yeah musical phases i love it um okay favorite dessert oh man i am a big cookie person <laughs> i i love cookies uh, i i like cake but cookies i i guess i'm a cookie monster cookies <laughs> are my favorite what do you have a favorite cookie like the go-to not, not really. I, I, I don't, I don't like um, anything sprinkles or anything on. I, I like sugar cookies. I'm, I'm plain. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. I prefer sugar, sugar cookies without the granulate uh, sugar on top. Okay. Just plain, plain sugar <laughs> you must cookies. love Christmas. Christmas must be great for you. Everybody brings tins of cookies everywhere. Yeah. 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 Cookies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I asked that question. Okay, and then the final one, if well, now that I know that you love coffee, if you could have a coffee date with anybody, an artist, an actor, a politician, um, who and why? Oh my! That's a hard one. Um, that takes a few minutes. Is it, is it um, um, past and present? Sure, dead or alive. Okay. Oh man, that is a hard one. <laughs> well, it's okay. Is- it's not speedy. Yeah, that is hard. When I, I, I guess I, I would have to go down some of my um, artists that I admire. And one of the artists, I don't know how conversation with this person would, would go, a person of the past, but I, I am intrigued and I, I like Diego Rivera. Oh. I, I like him. I, I don't know what having coffee with him would be like, but just <laughs> just taking interest in in him as an artist. I um, can't think of anyone that that would be a question that I would have to think about. But I would just say Diego Rivera. Yeah, that would be interesting. I bet you wouldn't get a word in edgewise, is my guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, take interest in, in his political um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully, I, hopefully you that, bring Frida with him too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the last question. All right. Ronald, this was so great. I'm so, first of all, sorry that this took two years, but so glad that we, you know what, maybe it was a blessing because now all of these things have happened <laughs> in that yeah, time. Absolutely. And um, I'm so excited to keep watching and see what is next for you and your work and all of it. Right, right. Well, I, I appreciate you um, inviting me, bringing me on, and, and I have enjoyed chatting, talking with you. Me too. And, and um, I wish we yeah. could go for cookies and coffee. Oh, that, that would be that would be great. Where where in Canada are you? I'm um, about four hours east of Vancouver, so sort of right above Spokane, Washington. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yep. So I'm far away from you, but if we're ever allowed to travel again, hopefully I'll make my way out there because uh, it would be nice to come and see your studio, and I'd, I'll bring you a tin of sugar cookies. That that would be awesome. <laughs> All be right. Awesome. Well, happy creating, and uh, I'll see you on Instagram. Okay, take care. Okay, thanks. Bye. I mean, come on. How was that for a first episode of a new season? From top secret security clearance to museums acquiring his paintings? Whew. Okay, now this conversation may have taken two years to happen, but it was so worth the wait. And now I also want to really eat a whole bunch of sugar cookies. Anyway, thank you so much to Ronald for taking all of this time to talk to me. And great big thanks to you for coming back or for showing up as a first-time listener. You guys, I am so, so excited to be back. And I hope that you're so excited to be here listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then. <laughs>